Welcome, everybody, back to Hammer Time. Uh, today, we're going to be discussing college football week 11. We're going to quickly recap week 10, give you guys the big five ranked versus ranked matchups, and get into our slates. We are joined today by a very special guest, and we'll get into that here as soon as we start the show. Oh, he got it! Smith! Touchdown! 85 yards! Iowa! Welcome, everybody, back to Hammer Time. Thank you guys for joining, listening, and uh, follow along. Like, share, subscribe on X podcast. Rate us. Give us five stars. Tell us what you think. Shoot me DMs, questions, anything. That's what we're here for. That's what we do. College football week 11, first guest of the year. Everybody, welcome, Keeb Betts, good friend, and uh, we are very, very fortunate to have you, Keeb. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Kenny B. Good to be on here, guys. I really appreciate you guys, uh, you know, having me on here, so super excited. Resident of the Carolinas, correct? Yep, bringing in some of that uh, Southern mindset to complement the Big Ten uh, mindset we got going. He said y'all to me earlier, and I was like, yep, he, he's from down there. Uh, Clemson alumni, super transparent, honest, and as I've mentioned now three or four times, way above average handicapper. Uh, and I think that's a very exclusive group of people that's very hard to find on the Twitter sphere, formerly Twitter sphere, now X sphere. Keeb uh, is a good dude, and we have been kind of going at it with him now for the last couple of years. Finally get to have him on the show and break some of these games down, which is what I'm most forward to uh, talking about. We are going to briefly hit on a couple things here before just give the listeners a little bit of a background. Keeb, you like the puck. You like, you like all sports, really. I mean, but tell us a little bit about how you got into this gambling world. Uh, I like to call it um, the, the gambling Twitter sphere, like I said, but you do puck, you do baseball, you do football. I've even seen a couple hoops plays. Tell us a little bit about how you got into this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, basically just started betting on, you know, just spreads games, just what I was watching. And then obviously started to, you know, figure out some, some ways to make some more money. So one of my buddies and I, when we were in school, you know, we wanted to make a little extra cash. And so we found this little way that you could uh, parlay shot on goals in uh, hockey. And it's it's kind of a long story. I won't really get into the too much of it. But essentially, I was sending Kenny some screenshots last night. And uh, shout out Winter Hunter. He's actually the one who kind of figured it out. But we made, you know, enough bankroll that it's it's lasted the last four years through through now to pretty much just play around with, um, <laughs> not including winning bets. So So that was nice. Yeah, that's very interesting. So I did not know that part that you've made enough for the last four years. I mean, that's crazy. Uh, so how how long would you say? I mean, you've been you've been gambling now for about four years off that bankroll from your first year starting. Yeah. So I guess I guess it would be the last three years. So the fourth year would have been kind of when we were running that, and then uh, we saw the kind of shift in lines and and had to go away from that. But but since then, I mean. I will also mention we're down here in the Carolinas, right? So we're not on FanDuel, DraftKings, right. US, whatever. So we're just betting through local dudes that we have to be in a relationship with enough that we know they're going to pay us and they know we're going to pay them. 
And that's the difference kind of between sports betting and DFS, which is a a legislator thing. We used to hit legislature hard last year. We haven't hit it as hard this year, obviously becoming legal in most states. Actually, Mm -hmm. Florida just passed a bill, I think, two days ago. I think uh, Florida's up and running. Yeah, they're alive. Uh, So give us a brief rundown here. This is off script a little bit, but give us a little bit of your posse because we do have a large community and and, uh, we have a lot of people – we interact with, we just were breaking this down a little bit before the show. Who, who do you kind of run with there? Give a little shout out to your guys, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So Fugu XL, uh, <laughs> the Loch Ness monster that, uh, that's one of my good, my good buddies. And then, uh, the winter hunter. Yep. Um, and then yeah, pretty much just mainly the two of them. And we got a, a bunch of, you know, a big crew, but we don't is need dog, to get all is dog fighter. Anybody to you? Oh, uh, dogfighter is is someone that I grew up with. We have okay. a bit of a rivalry, I would say. Okay, all right, that's good. It's it's a good healthy rivalry. B, Absolutely. how you doing, buddy? B, I would say you and I have um, a healthy rivalry. Uh, we just have fun. You know, I love you, Kenny. Yeah, um, I love you too. We're teammates. I always pull for you. Yeah. All right, so Keeb, we we touched on this a little bit before the episode. Tell me a little bit about and for the listeners, we talk about systems or theories or plays. I like to bet teams. I like to bet um, low dog, low total dogs. I like to bet AFC North rivalry games. I like to take the dog. Tell me a little bit about, and for the listeners, maybe something that they could learn. Your sort of um, systems, plays, how you handicap specific leagues, et cetera. Give me a little something there. Yeah, so, I mean, I keep it pretty pretty wide open. I don't have specific, like, totals or numbers I'm looking for, but what I do like to do is look at kind of, you know, games I've watched, teams I've specifically honed in on and actually watched with my own eyes and develop my own opinion or spread before I actually look at what the number is listed at mm-hmm. um, and then kind of go from there. And I find a lot of times I'll actually be – a touchdown away, you know, from the, the Vegas number. And obviously sometimes that worries me a little bit, yep. but sometimes I, you know, I think I have a big edge and I know that, you know, there's systems and different formulas that people use and whatnot, but I like to just kind of keep it to what I've seen. Um, look at, you know, statistics, look at, you know, basic things like that, obviously do some research, but, but yeah, pretty much just kind of go with the gut. Yeah. And B, while we're talking about that, B, do you have anything like that that you like to look into? My approach is very similar, just the eye test and things that I've watched and seen. Um, I'm probably way less analytical than key, but it's it's the same approach. I, I, I have a I have teams in mind and then I just do a quick scan when the lines come out on Sunday night. And I, I just look for things that jump out at me like, wow, I'm surprised to see that line. Yeah. So sounds like a very similar approach. Yeah, I agree. And it, two good approaches. Uh, I think at the end of the day, the new age of sports betting is going to be the CLV plus EV minus EV. And I think it's all a bunch of hoopla. So until I'm proven wrong on that, and you can follow Brad Powers. He's an excellent college football um, analyst. And he breaks down a lot of games. He breaks down a lot of meaningful statistics. And I hate to be uh, go math on everybody, but um, it is important to know and it's important to think about and, and S. QDLs and all these system plays that are, are being talked about all the time. People are really attracted to those and they seem like big, flashy, bright lights that just everybody is drawn to. I would, I would caution everybody on those. Um, so let's get into these here. Hey, Before we move Kenny, on. Yeah. Yeah. Can I, 
can I throw this out there? And if you don't like it, you can cut it out of the podcast. Yeah. Um, I'm interested as somebody who's a little bit older than you guys, well, quite a bit older. Um, something that I've noticed, and I want your guys' comment on this, is you know, you're just seeing teams perform so inconsistently from week to week. And my personal belief is that has a lot to do with the transfer portal and guys moving in and out of these teams and being there for a short time. And I'm finding that there's fewer and fewer teams that actually have a culture Mm -hmm. um, and a coach that demands a culture where you get a consistent effort and discipline from a football team each week. Um, What are your thoughts on that? Keith, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, I'd love to take this one, Kenny. I mean, I've been a big advocate, and we don't need to get into this, but I wanted to stick with the BCS, goddammit. So, um, I mean, I love the power of you lose one game, you're toast. Um, I mean, just (laughs) – there's just something about that aspect of college football. But I do think B's right. Like, we're handicapping a completely different sport, in a sense, than we were six to eight years ago. Um, When I really wasn't handicapping it myself, I was more so just watching. Um, But it is interesting because, yeah, as as B's saying, the coaches, for one, you know, that I think actually weighs a lot more into into my bets. I'm, you know, I'm more, um, or you know, inclined to trust a coach that, you know, I've seen do it in the past, obviously, but more inclined to trust some of these new and up and coming coaches. For example, Dan Lanning, I think is a really good one um, yep. that you could go with there. So I agree. I've been talking about Oregon these last couple of weeks. I'll give you three, three teams that I think be, you're just like hammering the nail right on the head. Um, Colorado is first and foremost, the transfer. You talk about transfer portal. You can't talk anymore without mm-hmm. mentioning Colorado. You see what they did. They started off the year so hot. Now they're coming back down to earth. You have a loss in there. And then you start to kind of question um, player motives and, you know, the coach going off there. We don't need to mention too much or drag people, but when you start talking about bringing in new offensive linemen halfway through the season, you could kind of guess what sort of effort you're going to get from those guys the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you talk about another team here, and this is a team who I've been on. And like you mentioned, Dan Lanning, yeah, Dan Lanning for Oregon. I'm going to mention Lance Leipold because I think he has quietly been one of the best college football coaches the last couple of years. And what he's done with Kansas, he's taken them to number 16 in the country right now. Uh, we'll mention that game here in a little. And then the NC State guys, uh, JMU. These are good programs to consider when you think about, like, the culture of what is going on there. JMU is quietly doing something pretty historical right now, and uh, they're going to smash UConn this weekend. That's on the card. But, B, excellent question. And uh, I think culture is in maybe um, locker room is one of the most underrated aspects of, of handicapping this sport. Uh, so that is a really good point. So, B, do you have any other questions, comments before we get into some of these games here? No, the the team that I would add to that list, and I've talked about them more than a few times this season, is Rutgers. Yeah, I know they don't have a very talented roster, but uh, I think the world of Coach Shiano, he obviously has a culture. He's got guys that go out and play for each other every week. So I pull for them. You know what you're you know what you're going to get effort wise from Rutgers every week. Yep. I agree. Um, so let's just hit these real quick. B, last week, you and I on week 10, boy, we were really good. Uh, I went 12 and six, and I think I had three losses combined by a total of three points. So uh, I can live with that. And we pushed on Ole Miss. 
We the only big game we really missed when we talked about the ranked matchups was Notre Dame Clemson, and we were a hair from not even discussing that game. Um, Notre Dame just they look like the uh, Marcus Freeman team from last year. We gave out Arkansas plus six and Arkansas money line. I know Keeb that hurts. You were on the Florida side. Uh, the the rest of the card, Keeb, you went twelve and six as well last week, right? Yeah, funny enough. I mean, I had probably six to eight of your picks on there, but I uh, the Luther Burden, I contributed there, yeah. and I think B got on that one. And then um, I was all over Clemson live in that first quarter. I hate to break it to y'all, but, uh, yeah, that helped me out a lot there. You even told me before the game that it smelled funny, and I, I, I even I, I acknowledged it. I knew it smelled funny. I just I couldn't back off at my eyes. It's the eye test thing we talk about. Yep. Sometimes it fails you. Um, all right, you guys, we don't need to harp on so, that. Hey. Yeah. Keep since you're since Clemson uh, killed my lock of the week, which dropped me to six and four on the season. I wondered by any chance if you called in to Coach Sweeney's uh, coaches show this week. Man, I should have thought of that. <laughs> I should have let him know. Um, but he, speaking of that, B, he is uh, you know kind of like a Franklin in the way that he. I think he's a coach that knows what the spread is before the game starts. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think let's I think, move on. Kenny. I think he's aware. All right. Let's hit these. We'll save the best for last. Um, we'll talk first here. Let's talk Tennessee at Mizzou. Mizzou here plus one. This is a 330 game. Big implications there in the SEC. Keeb, hit me. All right. So I'm just going to give a couple stats right here. Quick Tennessee five and two against the spread, but only one and two on the road against the spread. Um, I think this is kind of a uh, matchups game when you look at the way Tennessee excels at stopping the run, but Missouri leans on the pass. So Tennessee's also in a bit of a look ahead with Georgia next week. Um, but the uh, the season, um, or sorry, the all-time is six and five uh, Tennessee leads and the margin of victory is under three points. So it should be a close one. Wow. Uh, B. I, I looked at it a few different ways, and with with Mizzou plus one at home, I I, did, I don't have a play here. Um, what I wrote down, the only thing I would bet in this game, and, and you know I love Luther, and, and Keeb gave us the Luther anytime touchdown last week, which I jumped on right away because mm-hmm. I love that pick. I Shoot, I'd do the same thing again this week. I think they're going to find a way to get the ball in his hands, either passing or a jet sweep or something. I'd be – I would take him with a touchdown. Other than that, I'm not touching the game. Yeah, I think if Milrow could find as much success as he did against them, um, Cook is going to have a lot more. The only thing that scares me is that this this plus one, I feel like it should not be plus one. This is one that I look at and I'm like, all right, I make this somewhere around uh, three points, somewhere like that, and then you get four points in the other direction. It kind of scares you off. It's kind of one of those like, whoa, what's going on here picks. Uh, I would have a lean towards Missouri. Utah at Washington, I'm seeing this started at minus eight for Washington, creeping up towards 10. Keeb, what are your thoughts on this one? Um, this one, the number's a little too high for me. I, you know, I went back and forth on this one. I have it written down, but I think I'm just going to stay away and just enjoy Penix's uh, Heisman push. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for that as well. B, what do you got uh, there, Utah, Washington? I checked about 45 minutes ago. The over and under in this game is 51 and a half. I'm going to take the over in this game. Uh, the weather's going to be 51 degrees and sunny out there in Seattle. Washington scoring 41.7 points a game. Utah scoring 25 a game. 
But, you know, Washington gives up points. They gave up 42 to USC, 33 to Stanford, 33 to Oregon, 24 to Arizona, and 32 to Cal. Utah has a better defense than Washington, but uh, they also gave up 32, which everybody gives up 30 points to USC and Oregon, but they, they gave up 21 to Oregon State. I just think there's going to be points scored in this game. I think 50, I'll take 51 and a half. I'll take the over. Yeah, I think that's a good pick, and I think that's way too many points there for Utah. I know, you know, Utah has an excellent, excellent defense. I think what you saw last week against Washington, their offense is going to fly high. And uh, when they do have a little bit of a struggle here, I think Utah is going to kind of slow this game down, try to play it at their level. And I lean Utah. Ole Miss at Georgia. I'm excited for this one. I think this is probably the second best game on the slate. Georgia, minus 10 and a half, 7 p.m. I believe this is going to be game day. Uh, what do you got there, Keeb? All right, yeah, I like this one. I think Ole Miss is going to come out hot. They're going to keep it close in the first half. I definitely like their first half spread. If you can get it at seven, six and a half should be okay. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Georgia seems to kind of pounce on teams once they kind of find their rhythm. And um, I don't know. I, I'm not so sure they are what they were last year. Um, but I do have one stat here. Georgia converts on 55% of their third downs. Um, and then defensively, they only allow 26% um, conversion on third down. So that's I think that's a huge difference. And I think that's, you know, kind of plays into their favor throughout the course of the game. So I'm not going to touch the full game. Yep. B? Uh, the line, if I'm not mistaken, is 10.5 in favor of Georgia. Yep. Um, couple numbers here. Everybody likes to talk about Ole Miss's offense they are scoring 38.8 points a game georgia is scoring 40 points a game um but their defense is not as good as last year they've given up 21 to mizzou 20 to florida 20 to vanderbilt 20 to auburn and 21 to uh uab so i'm gonna take the over in this game 57 and a half i'm taking the over and then i'm going to be taking Ole miss and the points with a six-point teaser, and I'll tell you who the other team is um, in a few minutes here, and that's going to be part half of my lock of the week for this week. Okay, all right. I got a feeling. I know who it is. Um, I will tell you this. I think Jackson Dart got a little bit banged up last week. Um, and then part of the – this kind of goes back into that first game we talked about Tennessee-Mizzou. I think part of the reason you're seeing a plus one is because a banged up – I mean, you, you get banged up and banged around. Those are – hard-hitting pad games when you play against Georgia. That's a whole different level, and I think the letdown, not from a loss, but from a, such a physical game is maybe why you're seeing a little bit of that plus one. Um, Georgia here, you have a Jackson Dart that's kind of banged up from last week. He's only going to get more banged up. I like the first-half play uh, from Keeb, and I like the points. I don't think I can bet this, though. You've seen what Georgia's kind of done when they have to step up, so – uh, I would be scared of the full game, and I like the first half play. USC at Oregon. This is the last one, and we'll hit the uh, the big one. I consider the big one Michigan-Penn State. So USC at Oregon. Oregon minus 16.5. Keep hit me. Oh, I'm glad I get to go first here because Alex Grinch has finally been let go. Yep. Uh, USC's defensive coordinator. Some call him the, uh, you know, the old ball and chain for Lincoln Riley. Not to drag him, but just we know the story with him. So – I don't know. I think we see a fired up uh, USC defense, um, but Oregon's only allowing 16 points per game. Um, so when you're looking at a 16 and a half uh, point spread there, 
it's kind of an interesting one um and kind of starting to wonder if Caleb Williams is you know starting to look ahead to the NFL so I would lean Oregon but no play there B uh the line again as of an hour ago on DraftKings had moved down to minus 15 so um this is going to be the other half of my uh teaser I'm I'm going to take uh Oregon and Ole Miss with a six-point teaser. I think I think Oregon wins this game by more than nine points. I feel good about that. So Oregon and Ole Miss, six-point teaser is my lock of the week. All right, I Love dig it. it. Hey, uh, I can't believe that Grinch has hung on to the job for this long. Uh, how he's been there <laughs> and how he's been a defensive coordinator with so many teams now has just shocked me. He has to have one of the worst stat lines as a defensive coordinator that I've ever seen in college football. And uh, I'm, I'm not thinking that they're going to somehow rally and become a better defense. I don't think that's really possible at this point in the year at going against Dan Lanning at Oregon. But um, I will say that, that that will make a significant difference for them moving forward. I don't think that's enough to sway me towards betting them. I think Oregon minus 16 and a half is the play here. Lanning, as Keeb has mentioned before, has done an excellent, excellent job this year. All right, let's hit the big one, you guys. Michigan at Penn State. I think this is the biggest implications for the Big Ten uh, as far as this year goes. And uh, more on that, but I think as far as this year has gone so far and maybe even pending the Ohio State-Michigan game, this game will be the most influential in determining the college football playoff. And uh, I think we see a, a very, very competitive first half here. Keeb, you tell me your thoughts here before I give you guys mine. All right, yeah, so I'm looking right at this one, and it's looking a lot like the Penn State-Ohio State game. Um, I think Michigan, honestly, I'll be pretty frank with you guys. I think Michigan's going to throttle them. I think they're going to beat them by 28 points in the second half. Um, James Franklin's one in five versus top 10 teams. Um Penn State's third in time of possession and first in turnover margin. They are not going to win probably either of those battles um, in that game. So shout out Fugu XL. He's a huge Michigan fan, um, my boy, and he's he's going to go big as am I on Michigan. Um, minus four, four and a half now I'm seeing, maybe even five. Um, I like it up to a touchdown. I love it too. Yep. B, go ahead. Well, I'll go with you guys on the pick. I just – I wrote some numbers down. So – I don't know if this makes any difference. I mean, th- this is the first true test all season for Michigan. I mean, they've had a pretty easy schedule. Yep. Penn State mm-hmm. isn't much better, but, um, you know, they have played Ohio State. But I catch these numbers. Uh, Michigan scoring 40.7 points a game. Penn State 40.2. Defensively, Michigan's allowing 6.67 points a game. Penn State only 8.56. So when you look at numbers, I mean they're 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 the mirror image of each other. Um, Michigan's rushing for 167 yards a game, Penn State 173 per game, very similar. Um, Alar, the the freshman quarterback, he's only thrown one interception this year. So on paper, the numbers look very similar, and that's why I I was prepared to just leave this game alone but you guys feel obviously strongly that michigan's gonna hammer them um that's that's all i got yeah i think at this point i think rutgers would give penn state a game and i'm being serious and not throwing shade um i think that 
I agree with uh, Keeb 100%. I think Michigan is uh, – this is going to be an under – start out slow. This will be a first-half under mm-hmm. play for me. And uh, start yep. completely just like both teams can't get up the field. I wrote down when Ohio State played Penn State, do not let yourself bet on Penn State in a top five-team ranked matchup. And this would uh, maybe not qualify exactly, but – uh, this is one of those games where Keeb mentioned it. Every, everybody I know on Twitter who's worth the damn as a capper knows Penn State against the spread in these highly, highly contested matchups. James Franklin just can't get it done. And uh, the biggest thing actually I think hurting them is that this is a noon game, so they don't get that whiteout effect. Uh, Michigan not having really played anybody. Also, some stuff we talked about already in the episode. We hit on this early. Uh, culture and kind of like the locker room. Michigan is feels like it's Michigan against the world right now with all this yeah. stuff that's going on. And then you have going up against Drew Alar. Uh, I think they're going to just absolutely mm-hmm. smack her in the mouth. So Michigan. Any, hey, yeah. any thoughts on the over and under here? Um, the over and under is 44 and a half. Yeah, I personally would lean under. Keeb? I would lean first half under, but I think you could have a nice play here with taking the first half under and then right before halftime, maybe getting a, a low over total and seeing some. Yeah, that's, a, that's an excellent uh, live betting opportunity. Like Keeb just said, that's a that's an excellent point. I think that's a that's a really good way to play it is pay attention and, and watch. And you may have a, a 10 to three going into halftime. You may have something in that mm-hmm. realm and then you may get a really low total for the full game. So I like that approach. That's a really, really good approach. Uh, but you, you, you guys are both hammering Michigan um, minus four and a half. Yeah, I am. Keep. Yep. Yep. And uh, I will and actually, I'll ride it. Loch Ness Monster, six and zero oh to start the year in college hoops. <laughs> uh, so I, how we could not ride with him at this point, I really don't know. His picture is literally a picture of the Loch Ness Monster with a Michigan um, <laughs> uh, logo on its forehead. So, yeah, we, we're going to ride with Loch Ness and Keeb here for sure. Um, all right, so do you guys have anything else you want to talk about before we get into our cards? I know, Keeb, you have about five to ten plays. B, how many plays do you have? Just three. Cool. And I have 15, and I will not give analysis on every single one of these. So we can move through these then. Um, Keeb, do you have anything else before we hit the cards? No, I'm ready to go. Sounds good. All right, Keeb, why don't you start it off then? All righty. So I'm going to start off with uh, – Florida at LSU. The total here, I was looking at 63 and a half. Um, LSU is 8 and 0 against the over-under, so 8 overs, obviously, this year. Florida 5 and 3. And, uh, I mean, I've watched every Florida game. Both my parents went to school there, and so I've been, you know, pretty tuned in for them. And their defense has showed some signs, but they're not fully bought in. They got some big dudes, but not a ton of technique. And I think as long as Daniels is, is going – um, which I'm not 100% sure he is actually now. So we're going to have to keep an eye on that. But if he is, I think this goes way over. Um, they're both coming off of matchups that they could have won. And um, Florida is fourth in red zone efficiency while LSU is bottom 10 in the country. So obviously LSU will score. I think Florida gets some points as well. Um, I also like Missouri on the money line. Um, we already talked about that one. Um New Mexico State plus four. I'll let I'll let you take you know the majority there. I just have a bullet point that says Pavia, um, NC State minus two and a half at Wake Forest. Um, I think NC State's finding their groove now. 
Um, they've looked better the last couple weeks. Um, they really pounded Miami last week on defense. Um, they're 18th in the country in sacks, 11th in turnovers, while Wake Forest's offense is 130th in the country in sacks allowed and 123rd in turnovers. So I think NC State's really going to capitalize on that. The game is in Wake Forest. Um, the line does seem a little low, but I'm, I think that might have something to do with it. So I'll, I like them to a field goal. Uh, Kansas minus three. We already kind of touched on Leipold. Um, he's been great. Kansas is seven and three, um, and has covered. Sorry, seven and two um, against the spread, and has covered four or five at home. Um, and Tech allows twenty six points per game and a lot of pass yards. Um, and I think uh, Kansas can get up to stop the run. That Iowa State ran it twenty nine times last week against Kansas and only averaged two point six yards per rush. Um, Tech is very heavy on the ground, so. I don't think that favors them much. I'm going to go back to Clemson here, minus 14. Um, I like it a lot better at 13 and a half. I may buy the point. Um, but the look-ahead preseason line here was 31 and a half, so the talent on the field is obviously oh at a big God. disparity. Yeah. Um, it's a great sell-high spot. Um, and for uh, Georgia Tech, they've scored 45 in their last two games, um, including a ranked win against UNC. That's not happening. Um 45 against Clemson's defense, I don't think, at least. Um, and we know Davos kind of on that train. So expect some turnovers out of the defense. Um, and then I also lean, uh, like, Alabama minus 10 and a half. Um, Larry's still questionable, keeping an eye on that. Um, Lionel will definitely jump a point or two if he's not playing. Um, and then Arizona minus 10 and a half at Colorado. Um, I hate to fade the buffs, but Arizona's been killing it against the spread this mm -hmm. year. Um, shout out my brother. He actually gave me that one. He said, got to take it. Colorado put up a good fight last week. They won't this week. So right. we'll see. But, yep, that's what I got. I have four plays from your card already. So I'm sure there will be some more on there that we agree on. All right, B, hit me. Good card, Keeb. Appreciate it. Here are my three. I'm taking the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers on the money line. They are minus one hosting Texas State. These are two six and three Sunbelt teams. Coastal always rallies at home. The crowd will be great. It's a great environment down there. I just don't think they lose this game at home. So I'm taking Coastal money line. Um, my second game is Boston College plus one at home hosting Virginia Tech. I was kind of surprised to see this, this line. I'm going to take the money line, minus 102. Virginia Tech has played pretty well at home. They have played miserably on the road. So I think, I think Virginia Tech going up to Boston to, to, to play the Eagles up there, I, I like Boston College, money line. And then my third game, this is another teaser, and this is just an attempt to get a W, but um, – Kansas minus three and a half hosting Texas Tech and then Bama minus 11 at Kentucky. Uh, 11 points, I think, is a lot on the road. So I'm going to take Kansas and Bama uh, a six point teaser, which gets uh, gets me the Jayhawks plus two and a half and Bama minus five. I like that as a teaser bet. That's all I got, Kenny. All right. Those are all good plays, B. I like all those. Uh, I will ride those with you, as always. I've been riding with you this season, and you ride with me. Um, good plays, you guys. So, yeah, I, I want Coastal, Moneyline, and BC. I love those. I love that I'll BC pick. I love that BC. They, they've yep. been playing awesome. That quarterback is really fun to watch. Yep. Um, all right, so I got some plays here. I'm not going to give breakdown or analysis on all of them. I am with you, Keeb, on NC State minus 2.5 on the road. I have that on here. I have Missouri plus 1. 
There's two. Uh, I have New Mexico State plus four versus Western Kentucky. Money, money line, maybe. Money line, maybe. And I have Kansas minus three versus Texas Tech. Um, I did have Georgia Tech plus 14 and a half. I'm going to scrunch. I'm going to just completely scratch that off. If you have Clemson, that's gone. Uh, and then I have probably nine other plays here. So I like Friday night. I'm going to keep doing it until I eventually hit one of these. I, I have to. I th- actually think they're a good team. UNLV minus four. The line has now crept up to six, I believe, versus Wyoming. That's B's. B loves to bet them. Uh, they're a different team in Laramie, as I've, as I've mentioned now and alluded to on previous episodes. UNLV is playing awesome. They're killing it against the spread. JMU minus 25 and a half versus UConn. UConn is like one and eight now. JMU obviously still undefeated. JMU just had a big win in basketball the other night versus Michigan, I believe. Uh, JMU, mm-hmm. the culture there is kind of like, like I mentioned already, like us against the world. I believe in, you know, they believe in themselves. They're killing teams and just playing really, really good football. I believe they were like a, a seven-point or six-point favorite last week against Georgia State or Georgia Southern, one of the two, and they must have beat them by 30. Uh, NC State, I mentioned. Mizzou, I mentioned. Oklahoma State, minus two and a half on the road. I'm kind of afraid of this game because I know that Gundy and the letdown after beating Oklahoma, I know what's happened in the years past. UCF, though, still searching for their first real win in the Big 12. Um, Easy. Easy. I know. I'll be careful there. I'll tread lightly. Um, Not not great in the the Big 12. And uh, Oklahoma State, I I believe, actually is a very, very good football team. And I mentioned that last episode. B, you'll like this one. Rutgers plus two on the road versus Iowa. And the new lowest. (laughs) Yes, the new lowest total that I've seen in college football this year. 28 and a half points. I like the over. B, any thoughts there? I, I, I think you... it's the lowest in history, too. Mm-hmm. B? I, I have no comment. I trust you, Kenny. Yeah, I, I just think it's far too low. Uh, I actually think Rutgers can get you, like, over halfway. I like them plus two. You think, I like them you, you think Shiano will, like, install the air raid offense between now and Saturday and, and just go up there and throw it around and put 35 on them? So, just a quick aside, I knew last week when they, they were leading that game, and I knew last week when they had that pick six, I knew they were going to not only not win, they weren't going to cover. And, I mean, they had 18 and a half points. And I knew then – I. Ohio State, once you get a lead on a team like that that's really running the ball down your throat and then you have a pick six go the other direction, I, I tweeted it in real time. I said they not only did yep. they just lose the game because they are not a come-from-behind team, they also lost the cover because at that point in time, uh, Ohio State just did what they always tend to do, which is second half, just bury teams. Uh, I hope that they don't throw it for what that's worth. Purdue, minus <laughs> one at home versus Minnesota. Purdue, I kind of like this. And this is one that you look at, and we'll talk about one other one. Um, I think it's going to be Pitt minus three on the road versus Syracuse. Syracuse has to be one of the worst teams in the country. I know that people talk about, like, Kent State, East Carolina, um, Akron. Uh, I I actually believe strongly Syracuse has to be one of the worst teams in the country based on the last two or three games I've watched. I like Pitt minus three. I like Purdue minus one, like I mentioned. I like Kansas, like Keeb said. I like Maryland minus two and a half versus Nebraska. 
and two late additions that I've added on. I really like FAU over 44 and a half versus East Carolina. And I like Air Force minus 18 and a half at Hawaii on the island. So uh, those are my plays. You guys have anything else that you want to mention here? I guess you guys still have a lock, right? I gave you my lock, but I have I have a question, Kenny. Yes. If you were to line up Syracuse and Northern Illinois on a neutral field, who would win? I would. I'd actually lean Northern Illinois. Syracuse is that bad. I don't know if you've watched them, but they are that bad. They're Illinois level bad for for Power Five. They're also a great example of earlier when we said lost the locker room. I mean, they were, what, 4-0, 5-0 ranked, yep. and um, they just totally fell apart. And, yeah, like you said, I test, they're dead. Dead. Like, dead as a doorknob. They're so bad. It's, it is actually it's well, very hard to watch. Coach Babers offered my son a full ride to Bowling Green University, so I'm, I'm not going to root against him. <laughs> All right. It's tough to hate that. Um, Team, do you have a lock? So, I mean, I guess my lock would be Michigan, um, but I'm also looking at this Miami plus 15 at Florida State. Yep. And if Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson aren't going, I mean, Miami's averaging two turnovers per game, like forcing two turnovers per, per game in their last five games. Um, and Miami can run the ball. They're averaging, Paris is averaging 6.5 yards per carry this season. So I like them to keep it under 15. So that and the Michigan uh, minus four and a half. Perfect. And B, your lock, just to recap, was Oregon and Ole Miss teaser, correct? Six point teaser. Yep. All right. Cool. Love it. Uh, So my locks of the week, I'll I'll give you guys two or three like I always do. Uh, My first one is going to be NC State minus two and a half. My second one is going to be Georgia State minus two at home versus App State. And uh, you have to continue to ride the hot hand. New Mexico State is plus four at Western Kentucky. I used to harp on Reed, the quarterback, Austin Reed, the quarterback for Western Kentucky. I used to harp on him. This year I haven't really seen as much as I, I did last year out of him or really their team in general besides the cool uniforms. New Mexico State does have the culture. They do have the locker room. And I think probably most importantly, the leadership of what I would consider to be one of the better lower-tier quarterbacks in the conference that you probably don't know about, Diego Pavia. I love this guy. I'm obsessed with him, kind of. He is an awesome, awesome (laughs) leader. He's doing really, really good things for that football team. So um, I I believe in them. I, I like them on the money line. We've been pretty good here giving out these money line plays. Uh, also, I'll throw in one last one, and this will probably be in contention for one of my biggest bets of the year. I wrote them last week against Florida. They were plus six, Arkansas. This week, I'm riding them again. They are minus two and a half at home versus Auburn. This is a game I want to hit on real quick. When you see Auburn, five and four, above 500, going on the road to Arkansas, three and six, Arkansas is the favorite. That doesn't make sense, right? Three and six versus five and four SEC matchup. Arkansas minus two and a half is going to be my next highest play of the year in Michigan. I'll throw that probably in there too. So Michigan minus four Auburn uh, going to Arkansas, Arkansas minus two and a half. That's a lock. All right, you guys, anything else here before we wrap this up? Kenny, if you already have like 18 picks on Wednesday night, I think you're going to end up with like a 42-game card this week. Yeah. Well, I think we get stronger, and I, I specifically as a handicapper get stronger as the year goes on. I think 
December and January last year proved that as far as the units go. I've had a very lackluster year, and I'll be the first to admit, I'm like uh, at a standstill with my DraftKings um, bank account. So um, I, I am dead even. And as you guys have seen, I've been doing the recaps on Twitter. Uh, I was 72 and 72 in my last like 144 plays. That's hard to you know, be positive. It's hard to be negative. It's hard to go even too. So at some point I'm just waiting on a breakthrough and it, it just feels like it's, I'm so due is what it feels like. So it's coming. Kenny. It's coming. I can <laughs> feel it coming A 12 and six week last week. I can feel it in my bones. I can feel my plump. All right. Well, hey, listen. Fa- yeah. Fa- Fabi- Fabio will take you to the promised land. I'm counting on Fabio. I love that dude. <laughs> All right. I like I want to add one more thing, Kenny. Let's go uh with uh Pavia first touchdown with his legs. I'm gonna put that. I don't have odds for you now, but I'm gonna find that somewhere. I love it. All right. Well, I gotta say this. Uh thank you all to the listeners again, as always. Uh, first special guest of the year, Keeb, you're a class act, dude. You're an excellent handicapper. Uh, I really enjoy chopping it up and getting to know you. And uh obviously our interactions on on X and uh developing into a friendship and you know we communicate relatively often we are uh, chopping it up here i hope you enjoyed this and uh, we definitely appreciate you coming on so thank you dude and uh, you know let's have a great weekend appreciate you guys it was a blast hey keep i would love to carve a pumpkin with you next year on the campus of clemson university <laughs> call it a day <laughs> all right you guys well uh that's all and uh, let's have a great week 11 Keeb, thanks again. House of B, thank you. And uh, Hammer Time, we are out of here. Adios.